You're listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Welcome everyone to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. I'm Rachel. Thanks so much for joining us today. I have with me Lance Lawson, our Wednesday night pastor, and Mandy Turner, who teaches our women's systematic theology class here at Clear Creek. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. So we are in the middle of this Summer at the Movies series here at our Clear Creek podcast, and we've talked about movies from Harry Potter to Star Wars and lots of different types of movies. And our hope is to discuss these movies um, through a Christian worldview lens. So to have fun and talk about movies we love, but to also think through how they can help us to understand the gospel, how they can help us to engage with the world and the gospel, and just see them as a good gift from God of common grace. So I think it's fun, and I'm excited to keep going with this. Today we're talking about not just one movie and not just one series, but a whole cinematic universe. And I actually don't even know. How many movies are there? I don't know. I've lost count. You're my expert. You have to know. I I think it's... Is it... 20... 23? I don't don't know. It's like a new one every week. Yeah, there's 20-something. Yeah, Yeah. 20-something. The Marvel Cinematic Universe. The Marvel Cinematic... Uh, The MCU, right? Yep. So we're talking about the Avengers... And there's so much in so many movies, and so we're going to try to just work through some big themes in the movies and what we love and our favorite characters and how they, how they can uh, walk us toward the gospel this morning. So let's start just, just broadly. When did you guys start watching The Avengers? Were you watching it like Iron Man 1 and you watched every single movie? Uh, I, yeah, I remember the first Iron Man for sure. That opening scene, or, or I guess it's not the opening scene, but... Uh, early on in the movie where he's out in the desert and sets off that Jericho missile yes. behind him and walks away like a bad man. Yes. That is an awesome scene. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly right. I, but like that, from that moment, I was hooked. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, missing Hulk until I didn't watch Hulk until way later. But other than Did that, anyone yeah. watch Hulk, the first Hulk? I'm pretty Are sure only we watched it. And we're like, oh, what, yeah. what happened there? It it wasn't quite right. But I mean, mo- I I think almost every movie we watched in the theaters as they came out. Really? So you um, just watched? I mean, all maybe of them? when we had a newborn, we picked it up on DVD afterwards or something. But um, most movies, jo- Josh and I don't have similar taste in movies. Like we very rarely want to see the same things, except for a very few things like Star Wars or Avengers, Marvel. So yeah. so that was always a like easy date. If there's a Marvel movie coming out, we're both excited to see it. So I'm just I'm exactly with the Marvel universe how I was with Star Wars. I'm not a real fan because I wasn't watching them. You're just a late adopter. It's the same thing. But like then I'm Harry like Potter, I'm in. You were I'm too, all in. Right? You didn't read Harry Potter when it was, you were yeah, like that's right. I, you so were like everything. I'm not going to read that. I'm not going to do that. But then you were like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. I'm going to read obsessed. all of them at one yeah. time. And yes, yeah. So, Lance, have you seen all of them? I have, yeah. What about the TV shows? Are you guys watching those? Uh, yeah, the the newer ones, like the Disney Plus stuff. Mm-hmm. I did not get into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Danya did. She yeah. watched all those. She but... did. That was the same thing at our house. I think yeah. I watched the first couple of seasons with Josh, and then I lost interest, and he watched all of it all the way through. I never watched one. Um, I think she watched them all like in those years where we had little kids, and they're not all sleeping through the night. And so... Mm-hmm. I slept yes. through the night, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> for her. But anyway. So yeah. what's the best movie out there? What do you think, Mandy? 
I don't like picking favorites. I'm terrible at it. I you mean, guys should see Mandy's face. Like, <laughs> She's uncomfortable picking a favorite. Uh, I don't. I can't. I really can't. They are like you. Said, the first Iron Man to me was is special in the group because it was something really new. Mm-hmm. I mean, they it just it just changed the way we were looking at superhero movies in a lot of ways and and really set the pace for the whole MCU. I think so. I, I think it's good. I mean, I love the one like I love Guardians of the Galaxy. I love Thor Ragnarok. Like the to me, All I the good ones. I want a fun <laughs> movie. Like I like the ones that are fun. They they tend to be the ones that I would want to rewatch. Um Doctor Strange, I really like just because the visual effects, like just the way they made you see the the magical universe, like was so different and so interesting to me. But could you pick um, two? If you can't pick God, one, can you pick you, two? You, why don't you just pick yours? Oh, it's easy. Thor Ragnarok is the best in the <laughs> He's whole like, thing. Duh. Yeah. And why? Why? Yeah. Oh, it manages to be a great superhero movie and fun, all and hilarious all at the same time. So. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, it's so good. Was it weird? This is a real question. Was it weird watching that with your kids because there's like this one character who's sort of drunk the whole time? No, I mean my kids. My, my kids, kids like, loved what's it. What's happening? You're talking with about her? Jeff Daniels' character? No, no, no. no. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. No, no it's uh, um, Valkyrie. Yeah. Oh, Valkyrie. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, I mean I don't think my kids really even really, like quite understood exactly what was going on. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah, my kids thought it was funny. Yeah, my so. kids did too, and I was like, no, she's just confused and angry (laughs) it's fine well my kids probably understood a little more than that but um no it's just hard for me to compare i mean i love thor ragnarok it's super fun and yet at the same time like i rewatched recently which i mean it's not the first time i've rewatched it but like the the original avengers movie Mm -hmm. and it's just there's something like it's just good. You know, the way they bring together all these different characters. They give you a villain who's worth cheering against. Um, they, But we love him. And that's that's what's genius about I it. Agree. Is that he, there's something that draws you to him, and yet you surely don't want him to win. There's a, you know, a... A, a kind of extra enemy, this you know, these alien armies that are coming that feel insurmountable, and yet we we see them manage somehow when they all come together to defeat them. Like it was more, it's just a different scale than something like Thor Ragnarok. It's more epic. It's more, um, more weighty in a certain way. That so it's hard for me just to say this is good. This is good. This yeah. is even better. This is like. They all have kind of different uh, gifts. Can, can I ask a question? I know you're doing the questions yeah. today, but uh, what's the most underrated movie in your opinion? Ooh. Ooh. That's I'm, a good question. I'm going to say Ultron. I liked Ultron. I, people dogged on Ultron, but it it really is uh, pivotal in the storyline. If you go back and watch it in light of everything else, right. yeah. man, it's super pivotal. It is. Yeah. Especially when you start getting into things like WandaVision, right? Yep. So that has, I mean, you see the repercussions carrying on well, for such I like, a long time. I like all of them. And it's, it's really what you're saying, too. Like, because I did watch them last summer during the pandemic. We were all home a lot. And so we decided to just, we had Disney Plus. So we're like, let's just watch all of them. Yep. And Mandy was like, this is how you watch it. And so I did exactly what she said. I have strong opinions so about So tell us. Things. I, I just think you have to watch them in the order of release. I think you're going to miss impacts of things that if you go out... Like, I get that people are like, oh, but Captain Marvel, it happened way before everything. It doesn't matter. Like, you you don't get the same impact from watching Captain Marvel if you don't already know Nick Fury and Phil Coulson and what's going on with them. Like, all of that is lost if you... 
if you don't watch Captain Marvel in the right place. Yeah, so. I completely agree with that. And I don't know anything. But <laughs> I I think that it would have been weird to watch that one first. You would be a little bit lost, even though chronologically. Yeah. You, even like her impact, I think, was a, was a bigger impact if, if you're waiting until they introduce her, which is way late. Right. Well, I mean, it's... It's kind of like if you watch Star Wars already knowing, like a lot of us did, right? Already knowing that Darth Vader's Luke's father, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it was hard to not know that if you weren't watching it when it first was released. Um, it's a it's it's a deeper impact. It's the same thing when at the end of Infinity War when you see that pager with Captain Marvel's symbol on right. it, right? Like so good. If if you already know everything, like it just it it's there's no surprise there's no curiosity there's nothing it's just oh yeah well of course it's going to be her because we already know all about her and who she is and um you've got to see it the way the creators made it yeah because they're like authors i really do think that oh yeah so my favorite's black panther i'm just gonna throw that out there because it's the best so i have to just say that oh, i the, love black panther what i makes love it, the it. Best? i would still watch it over and over i think the concept was just so cool like the storyline in and of itself was just amazing, and I thought that the acting was just really, really good too. And all, all the characters, there were a lot of characters that had so they were just three dimensional. I just loved that movie so much; it was so fun. Have your kids watched that one? Oh yeah, oh they, yeah, they love it. That was one of the last ones we let our younger two watch. Just it, the the fight scenes pretty violent. Yeah, they are. And I, uh, yeah, but it is a good movie. That's a good one. Yeah. So what's the worst? Other than Hulk. Yeah. Thor Hulk. the Dark World. Is it? Oh, yeah. It's bad. I mean, I thought. It just didn't do a whole lot for me. Yeah, the ones I like least are probably Thor, Dark World, Iron Man 2, Iron Man. All the twos? Yeah. Well. I like I Tony think... Stark, so I Guardians I'll of the Galaxy really 2. Guardi- oh, bad. yeah. Guardians I mean, of all the, the twos, I feel like, were like, they were trying to do sort of the same thing again and yeah. wasn't really that interesting. Yeah, if, if I had to pick one, it's Guardians 2. So you mentioned um, your kids watching uh, the violence in the movies. What are some issues in Avengers that, as Christians, you feel like maybe can be problematic? So they're fun, they're good, we want to watch them, but are there any red flags? Or is there anything that you get worried about? We're looking at each other like, who's going to talk first? I'll go first. I feel like if if I was a kid and... When these movies came out, my parents would not have let me watch them because we didn't get to watch all kind of things that had magic and that sort of thing because mm-hmm. there was all this fear wrapped up, at least in my family, you know, 30 years ago about being exposed to that kind of thing. I feel completely different about that. Let my kids watch all this. So when it, I think I said that to say, I think there might be people out there that, that approach the MCU and things like it with uh, keep it at an arm's length mm-hmm. away because they're concerned about the mysticism or the magic or, you know, the way evolution is talked about, different things like that. Right. So how do you approach it with your kids? I mean, so you're good with it, but how, how do you think through that? With uh, with our kids? I mean, uh-huh. we, we help them see it in its proper place. It's a fictional story uh, that's fun and um, just... Do our best to help them laugh and yeah. and experience it for what it is. Yeah. I mean, I think like whenever my kids ask me, because they do sometimes, like, oh, they're calling Thor a god. Why? Yeah. I'm like, well, are they making a, a truth claim about who God really is? 
or is this a story that's fun? Is this mythology like he's a superhero or is it a truth claim about really who God is? And so that's how we try to come at it because I think that you have to think through that. Like are the Avengers trying to make truth claims or are they telling a story? They're not necessarily the same thing. What about y'all? Anything? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, our I guess we've tried to show our kids the difference between fiction and nonfiction. You know, I mean, just like that's what they learn at school, so we use those terms. And it's it's not our world. It's not mm-hmm. the actual universe that we live in, where God is on His throne and He's reign. Like it's not. It's fiction, just like the Harry Potter world is fiction. Even if it's set in London, it's not our London. It's an imaginary London, um, just like Star Wars is set you know, in a galaxy far, far away that obviously doesn't exist in our universe. Um, or with our physics. Right. It's just, <laughs> I don't it's know. just I believe different. It. You believe it. <laughs> <laughs> All the science is good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we have to, we have to make choices about what we're going to, what we're going to allow. But we, our kids read a lot of stories and they can handle recognizing that that universe doesn't exist in the same rules that ours does. Um, and that's okay. You know, I have found the MCU and talk about like Thor being a god mm-hmm. actually helpful in in helping my kids understand things in the Bible. And I'm not trying to Jesus juke that, but just say yeah. uh, to to help them see that people throughout history have believed in the gods, the little g gods, mm-hmm. right? And mythology and how like when they call Thor a god, this is rooted in things that are thousands of years old in human culture. The, these stories and so. Uh, when when gods and idols show up in the Bible, they they kind of have the same root actually in mm-hmm. what people believe and and where they where they think power comes from and how the world came to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that's I think that's really helpful because I think parents really have that question. You know, how how do we even talk to our kids about this? And also, there's there's that aspect, and then there's the historical aspect of Jesus. So, because I think in, if you're, if sometimes when my kids walk out into the world, people will tell them, oh, well, Jesus is the same type of mythological figure as Thor. So he is in the same way. And then you just have to be able to say to your kid, no, he's actually a historical figure. Yeah. And we know he lived and died. And here's all the evidence for that. And there's all these tools that, that you have for kids to just walk them through that. So they're not confusing the two. Because sometimes, you know, the world wants you to believe they're the same. Right. The mythology of Thor and Jesus. Yeah. That's why I listened to Tim Mackey from the Bible Project recently. One of his things, he was talking about uh, he's so compelled by the story of Jesus because of all of the historical data around his life and death and resurrection. Mm-hmm. Like that there he was an actual historical figure, and that's what compels him to the the message of the Bible. Is most more than anything else, Jesus was a real person, yeah. a real man who lived and died and lived again. And yeah, that we always root root our beliefs there, mm-hmm. not in in just that it's a story, right? Yeah, and that's not what they're doing in the Avengers. No, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I think too that when I mean just talking to other parents or other people, I I feel like more people are concerned about the violent like levels of violence and what uh-huh. their kids watch. Um, and I I think you have to know your kids, and you know I have kids that when they were five or six, they would have been. They would have had nightmares. They it would have kept them up at night to watch something even you know a little bit scary. I mean, when my oldest was 
partially because he's just the oldest. When he was five or six, probably the scariest thing he'd ever watched was like Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. I could control that because he was the young, he was the oldest, and it, you know, why would I introduce those kinds of things? Um, but now, you know, I've got five kids. My oldest is fifteen. His youngest brother is seven. He's seen every single movie in the MCU. He's seen all the shows. He's seen every star. Like he's seen stuff that we would have never watched. His let his brother watch at seven. Um, but I also know that he seems to handle it okay. Um, also, to me, the violence in Marvel movies is it really is fairly like comic book violence. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, it could be way bloodier, in mo- in way gorier yeah. than it is. They, I mean, it's very obvious the choices they make to not do that. Um, I mean, even just. If you look at the weapons that the heroes use, right? I mean, Iron Man's like repulsor blast. Captain America has a shield. Thor has a hammer. Those are designed to not be bloody, gory mm-hmm. results. Um, and and there's a reason for that. It trains the viewer to see is like, like that's what the good guys do. And so then when you have a scene that they, you know, they do this on purpose. They do it very effectively. A scene like when Loki murders Phil Coulson. Mm-hmm. Um, it hits your brain a different way and it sends a message that is this guy is not that is not what we do that is not what heroes do we the good guys wouldn't do it like that um and i i think that they 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 minimize the goriness of the violence throughout so that they can use things like that effectively same thing in falcon and the winter soldier right um that they had that guy use cap's shield a way that i mean cap He's throwing that, that shield at a, a power, million people. That was powerful. Oh, it yeah. was an extremely powerful image. And it sent a strong message that like, okay, that's not heroism. We've mm-hmm. seen heroism. That's not it. Um, and I, I just think, I think they use it as a tool like anything else. Mm-hmm. That's great. So tell me more about why is it that we're drawn to heroes? So why do we all love these hero stories so much? What is it about it that that draws us to hero stories? I think we want something beyond ourselves. You know, um, I I think we 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 it's pretty obvious our limits. You know, uh, that if I look around my life, I can see lots and lots and lots of things that I I am not capable of doing. Um, even though, man, I mean, our our lives as Western middle class Americans are so like we have way less limits than a lot of people in the world who have external limits put on them by their circumstances. Um, and even with that, we have so many things that we, we cannot defeat in our lives. Um, and so I think there's, there is a longing for something greater than ourselves, something beyond ourselves. I don't know, maybe that's over, overthinking it. Oh, so. there's certainly an aspect to that. I think we, we like to win. And when you, when your character that you're rooting for, that you're maybe identifying with, or or hoping for, or hoping with, when they when they have special abilities and they can overcome whatever and they can win, like we like to win, and it feels good. Mm-hmm. And so when you're watching that, and it at the end, we've won. Ah, uh, that's that's what you paid for. Yeah. Well, it's usually in movies in hero stories like this. It's usually a good guy and a bad guy, right. and the hero is the good guy. And the hero wins. And I mean, I am longing for that. Yeah. And I'm not even necessarily an optimist, you know. I mean, I I don't I don't think that positively all the time, but I get engaged in these stories because I'm like, yes, the 
the good guy has to win right. ultimately. Yeah, and we love justice. Yes. I mean, when, when there is injustice, that's why everybody's, everybody's so angry all the time because we see something that's wrong, we get upset, and in these movies, the problem gets solved yes. by the hero. It's, it's fixed. So tell me, how, what are the biblical themes? I mean, so we're talking about you know, good overcoming evil and heroes who have power that we don't all have you know, in our ordinary selves. What, what are some of these just um, biblical themes that aren't necessarily overt? I don't think Avengers is trying to do it, but they're these sort of like wired stories within us that you see throughout the gospel story in the Bible. What are, what are some of those? I'll jump out there with an easy one. I, you see it in Cap throughout his whole arc, just the way he sees the dignity of humanity, uh, that he, every person, uh, is mm, is special to him. You know, the the dignity of humanity is just part of what he sees in the world. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, absolutely, I love that. I think that you could even see that theme throughout so many places in, in the MCU in, in general. I think, too, you know, I, I was thinking about just the idea of, you know, we talk a lot about community here um, and even just the idea of diversity and community, that we, we have different gifts, but we're better together. And that's one of my favorite things about the Guardians of the Galaxy movie is mm-hmm. that these these people who, I mean, they even like, hardly know each other and they have totally different skills. They have totally different things that they bring to the table, but each of them is essential. And that's, you know, that's the the whole climax of the movie is that they couldn't handle the power of the Infinity Stone alone. They have to do it together. It's only together that they have the power to overcome. And um, I just think that's a great image for what we should look like in the church and, and how we operate as part of Christ's body. So, I mean, you, there's, there's tons, right, of connections. Yeah, what about friendship? One of the things that I love about is community, and it's also there's these really deep friendships that are sort of interwoven throughout the movies, you know, with Thor and uh, Banner, and then with Clint and Natasha, and there's all these friendships. I think that they do a really good job of of portraying that throughout these movies, which I think that, you know, in the church, sometimes we don't necessarily talk about friendship that much, but it's a, it's a good gift and it's all throughout the Bible. And that's one of the things that I love in all these movies. Yeah. Even in a Captain Marvel, I, I remember thinking watching that movie is like, Carol shows up out of nowhere and Monica's like, all right, I'm on your team. Like I'm here. Yeah, like I'm like, right. she's been gone for years. Mm-hmm. Like you have a life, no, you, you know? Um, yeah. But she's like immediately like, I am, I will drop everything because you are my the best friend I ever had. And you, because you're my best friend I ever had, you're family. And every nothing else matters compared to whatever whatever your needs are, how I can help you. And, I mean, you see it then shapes her whole life. Like, I mean, I know this is, like, a bit of she, you know, she becomes, like, the head of sort. Like, she's supporting mm-hmm. what Carol's doing, even though Carol's, like, not even on the planet anymore, you know. Um, but that's how much they influence each other. Absolutely. And they sharpen each other. What about um, all the redemption stories? That's another thing that I just love about all the Marvel movies is there's so many redemption arcs. What's your, what's your favorite redemption arc? The one for me that when I, I was, I was actually, my, I mean, my kids have, we watched all these movies together. I mean, they didn't necessarily watch them when they came out, but a couple, I guess it was a couple summers ago, we sat and watched all of them in order. So my kids are pretty obsessed and um, talk about this stuff a lot. So I was talking to my 13 year old about kind of these ideas and he, we were talking about Dr. Strange. Oh yeah. Um, He's a good one. And you know, he, 
he had everything, right? Everything was great. And then his whole world fell apart with this injury. Every piece of worldly success that he had was gone. Everything that gave him identity and purpose was gone. Um, and he had to be rescued. And when he was rescued, he found a greater purpose and he learned to live for something beyond himself, not just um, his own ambition and his own success, that there, that he realized there was so much more than that. And so he's probably one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. What about you? Well, I mean, it's you can't ignore the biggest one of all, Tony Stark. Yeah. I mean, you watch the first Iron Man at the end of the movie. His is the arc. Yeah. It, it is, yes. His story is the arc of the whole yeah. MCU. And he, he finishes out that first Iron Man movie by saying, I am Iron Man. And you can see it's the most arrogant, mm-hmm. selfish moment for him. And then the whole thing closes out at the end with him saying the same thing, I am Iron Man, with the stones on his hand. And he snaps his finger and it takes his life. And he's now saying it selflessly. Yes. Like, that's it. That, that, that's it. Yeah. It's amazing. There's he is the like biggest example, but what I love about what both of y'all both of y'all said is like they're they're all throughout these stories though. So many of them move from prideful, you know, pretty pretty sinful, self-centered lives to to the, when they become heroes, they become self-sacrificing and humble and uh, loving of others which is sort of amazing that even in in the culture, you know, where they're not necessarily Christians, that's the story. Yeah. You go from self-centered and prideful to humble and generous and sacrificing. I just think that's incredible that it's out there everywhere. Well, that's what we want. I mean, we wouldn't want some humble person who's kind to everyone uh, to then have powers and go through this whole story arc, and at the end, you hate who they've become. No one wants that. But sometimes when you look at culture, you think that's what we would want. You know? I mean, that's sort of the... Sometimes those are the people who are are idealized, and we're all all sort of congrats for power and position, but when you look at stories, that's not how it goes, because it's not really what we want. Right. It's not really... We know that's not who we should be and who we should look up to. So why is that? Spell it out for me in biblical terms. Why Why is it that, I mean, I just want to be clear, why is it that when we look at these stories, these, these ultimate heroes, and they move from self-centeredness to self-sacrificing love, I mean, what is that in the Bible? Well, is it even there? I mean, I think some of it is that we see ourselves. Mm-hmm. We see that we, we know we're actually, you know... Tony Stark the jerk. We're we're not I mean that's as much as yeah. I mean I honestly like Captain America was probably one of my favorite superheroes growing up. He probably was my favorite Avenger cuz I just I he's just cuz he is he's good. He's, he's so good. wholesome. He's consistently oh, good. No. Like he is like you don't he's one of the few ones you don't see that character arc in because right. from the very beginning he is self-sacrificial he is generous he is gracious he wants he doesn't want personal glory he wants to serve he is i mean but he feels unattainable he feels like well i'm i i'm not i'm not like that mm-hmm. as much as i might try to fool people that i am i i am selfish and i am you know i i want glory for myself i want people to notice that i'm mm-hmm. awesome um and so we we relate to someone like 
I mean, all, all, all of them, right? right? That that have flaws, that that struggle, and yet they find something that that transforms them, that bring that helps them to transcend their own innate selfishness, and that they're 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 shaped by that that purpose. Yeah. I mean, if you think of all the random villains that show up in some of the individual movies along the way, like those villains are the evil ones, the proud ones, the ones set out for their own motives, and those are the ones we want destroyed right? by by the characters who we long to become more and more selfless mm-hmm. and Destroyed heroic. or reformed. Yeah. Like Loki. Yeah. One or the, the other. Loki, here's what's great about Loki is you're, you're rooting against him, but at the same time you're rooting for him because they give you enough of his story for you to see his vulnerabilities mm-hmm. and where he's come from. And why he is the way he is. Most villains don't get that. Mm-hmm. Most villains, you just hate them because all you see are the things that cause you to hate them. And yeah. sometimes you see with Loki that he wants to be better. Right. That there is this, like, there's part of him who who, who does know what it looks like to sacrifice. And... Yeah. yeah. I would say another good example of that, again, there aren't very many, is someone like Nebula. Who we see move mm-hmm. from a villain to a hero. Yeah. And it's because she was never loved. She never experienced love. She never experienced community. She never experienced a purpose beyond trying to get attention from her father, which is heartbreaking, right, Um, and traumatic. Um, And when she was able to be treated as a person and made part of a team, and, you know, I mean, I just, I think about the beginning of Endgame where she's sitting and playing paper football with Tony, you know, that he treats her like a person. He's patient with her. He talks with her. He says, we can just play a silly game. You know, he, I don't think anybody had ever done that with her before, you know, and Mm -hmm. it changes who she is. It changes what matters to her. Mm -hmm. So you asked where, like, how does this all show up in the biblical Mm storyline? That when you asked that, the, the passage that my mind went to is one that it tugs on my heart every time I read it. Philippians chapter two. Mm -hmm. I just read part of it. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men. Like, that is the story of our Savior, Mm. who who humbles himself, uh, puts everyone else first. And and the, the Bible tells us, like, that is the picture of not only our salvation, but what's best for us. Mm-hmm. And when, when I, I don't know about anybody else, but when I read that, I think, I want that so badly for yeah. me. I, I feel that inner war inside because a big part of me wants that, but then there's this other side of me that just is self-motivated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's like we we need a savior like that. So yep. we want a hero who will do that for us. Yep. And then we want to image that. We want to somehow do that ourselves, even though we know we're struggling with it all the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it. there's just this consistent picture all throughout really the MCU of of sacrifice for the good of others. I mean, we just see it over and over again. I mean, that's how the first, you know, Avengers group movie how it ends is Tony again sacrificing himself for the whole world basically mm-hmm. um but we see it in smaller ways too you know i think about um in the first guardians movie when gamora gets you know shot out of her ship into space and star lord leaves his ship behind 
He puts his mask on her. And I mean, he didn't, I mean, they end up surviving, but he didn't know that he would. You know, he didn't know that would work. He he was willing to do it to save her life. Um, and I, I think that kind of circumstance always tugs on our hearts because we know that that is what nobility is, right? That is the nobility that that we recognize is, is different than common humanity, right? Most of us, um, we're not gonna we're not gonna die for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, we're but 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 that's that is real love when that occurs, mm-hmm. and that's why I mean Jesus did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what a gift that was. And it's amazing that, to me, it's just amazing that there's so many echoes of that just everywhere, that the world knows that that's really what we need. I mean, we all are sort of longing for that hero who is willing to sacrifice everything for other people. I mean, almost every hero in Infinity and Endgame offered that up. Yeah, They all tried to sacrifice their lives because that's what makes a hero, which is just incredible. So who is the best Avenger because we're talking about Captain America who sort of was great and good, right? He, is he your favorite? But he's a, a little he's like boring. the purest. That's what, how I would describe him. <laughs> he's like the purest hero. But no, I wouldn't say, I don't know. I wouldn't say he's probably my favorite. It's hard. I don't know. I, if I could be an Avenger, it would probably be Doctor Strange just because he's cool. Really? I oh. mean, he's <laughs> super, I mean, he's like super powerful. He knows Way more than anybody else knows, basically. <laughs> he has a cool cape and an awesome house. More than Tony Stark? So, yeah, because Tony Stark has to be, like, in a armor all the time. I don't think I'd like that. But he's got a lot of knowledge. He does. Oh, he is sure. Yeah. Yes, he Smart is guy. a brilliant guy. Just but ask him. I just don't. I'm, maybe I'm too claustrophobic to be Iron Man, you know? It's just, like, too much stuff. It's actually strange. I like it. But who I would want to be is not necessarily the same as, like, the best one or something that's that can, not yeah that's fair that's that's a fair answer what about you Ooh, i don't know so when i was first watching them because i only watched them all last year i think i kept saying mandy can tell me because i'll forget i think i wanted to be um who's the general in black panther what's her name oh man i don't i love her yeah, and i was yeah. like that's who i want to be i just yeah. want a spear and i want to like that's who i want to be she's awesome yeah and Mandy was like, no, Only you don't. Only until you saw Captain you Marvel. You want to be Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 no. I want to be this general. And she's like, just wait, little girl. Watch Captain Marvel. And I watched it. And I was like, yes. Yeah. I want to be Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel is. She's pretty awesome. She is pretty great. Yeah. Uh, my, I always thought Thor was the man until Fat Thor. <laughs> yeah. And I was so angry. A little too human, right? I was, too flawed. I was so angry. <laughs> I'm like, why? But now that I've gone back, I've watched that several yeah. times now with the kids. So this summer, we're rewatching the entire MCU. Uh, it, Disney Plus has it where you can watch it chronologically. So mm-hmm. we've seen it all, but now we're going to watch it, you know, out of order. From I release, think it's okay but, for a rewatch. <laughs> thank you. Just for the your first approval. time through. Okay, Maybe right. that's right. okay. But, but I don't know. Fat Thor has grown on me. I'll say. Really? That's not a popular opinion, I Why? think. But, uh, because, you know. Wait, do you want to be Fat Thor? I don't want to be Fat Thor, no. no. He really I, likes Fortnite. No, if I could be <laughs> Thor from Ragnarok, that yeah. just he's just... Or or um, Infinity War, because, yeah. he you know, he restarts the heart of a dying star. That's pretty awesome. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. That was a cool You're scene. You're just like, this guy's unstoppable. He's singularly focused. 
I, I appreciated his determination. I definitely think, like Thor to me has one of the most interesting arcs in that I feel like the f- first couple Thor like situations, he was kind of, he's honestly kind of boring, a little meatheadish. Yeah. Not, I mean, super powerful, and that was cool, but he didn't really, wasn't really that. And yeah, I guess, you know. Um, but the Ragnarok is where he really came, like you got to see him be funny and, and more engaging. Yeah. And um, you really, like we're like, oh, I like him as a character, as a person. And then it was, you know, it was hard to see what happened to him after Infinity War, you know, and to see him like it was almost like it was almost like an overreaction. Like, oh, mm-hmm. now we have to like not really like him much because he's not responding the way we want him to we, we think heroes should respond. That's right. Well, I thought to that all that was interesting with Clint, with how all of them responded to that to failure yeah. and trauma, I thought was really interesting. Yeah, all really different. Mm-hmm. Like what they did to cope, how they managed it. Yeah. So, but I'm I think Thor is interesting because I I want to see what they're going to do with him next. Right. I'm interested to see how they're going to bring that redemption in, um, and continue that. Yeah, I think what if I if I was really putting words to it, what I didn't like about Fat Thor is is the hero was broken, mm-hmm. and that's never what we want for the hero. To to see something like that happen. Yeah, so true. But don't it, go backwards. Right. But that's how, I mean, the, the longer I've dwelled on it, the more I've seen it. I'm like, ah, I probably needed to be reminded of, of that. Like, mm-hmm. that happens to all of us mm-hmm. uh, from time to time. I would also say, uh, I wish I was as funny as Ant-Man. Oh, well. His one-liners so are pretty good. They're all pretty funny. Yeah. I like Spider-Man, too. I think they've done a really good job with Spider-Man. I think he's super funny. He is funny. I, I think that that's a great, like, teenage superhero movie, too. I think yeah. they've done a good job with it. Who do you want to be? You like Thor. Who do you want to be? Oh, I don't know. Combination of Thor and Ant Man. Maybe. Yeah, hey, I, I don't. I never. I haven't really thought about who I would want to be. <laughs> you don't. You don't like about which powers you would want. You don't watch uh, the movies and say that's who I want to be. No. <laughs> Your kids don't do that all day long. My kids uh, are always playing Avengers and oh, fighting yeah. over who gets to be which when characters. They, when they were little and all this stuff was coming out, I mean, we used to the day after Halloween go buy all the Halloween costumes mm-hmm. for you know. 25% of what they were worth. And so our kids dressed up as Captain America and Thor and Ant-Man. I mean, all of them. Vision. Oh, we, we haven't talked about Vision. Vision's pretty great. Vision is great. Um, we I mean, we named our dog Captain America. We have a giant golden doodle. His name is Cap. Uh, so, is I mean, he our, boring? Is he... <laughs> and wholesome. Is he boring? No. <laughs> I, I have joked. I've joked many times. We should have named him Loki because he's. he's gosh, he's not he, really he is cap, the dog huh? of mischief. Is what he is. <laughs> That's good. That's what you want your dog to be like. Yeah. Just not your kids. Right. That's so funny. Did you guys like how it ended? The whole this first season with Endgame. Were you I, satisfied? I think that they. I mean, I I honestly really hardly ever like last things of any like a book series or like they, it's really hard. I think it's really hard to conclude something in a satisfactory way. I think that they did pretty well. I in general struggle with time travel plots. I think they're kind of cheap. Oh, cheating. but come um, on, they did it so, so well because they made fun of all the other ones that, that I did appreciate. That was, and yet they and, still did it. Yeah, um, it was brilliant though. But that's so. one of the time stones. I mean, they had a device already built in. Yeah, yeah. It was a time I'm, heist. I'm just, I mean, I'm just saying. So no, I I appreciated what they were doing, and I mean, there were great scenes in that movie for sure. Yeah. Um, 
it's very satisfying when those portals start opening and all the adventures start coming through. Um, I don't, I honestly cannot watch that scene without tearing up, no matter how many times I I watch it. I don't even know why. I I was about to say, it's because of everything you're talking about. It's the diversity and the unity and the purpose that they all find, and they're all willing to sacrifice themselves. It's like everything is coming together in this one moment, and it just moves you. Yeah. I... I thought it was brilliant. I wouldn't change it. I loved it. And I, I, I've come to the end of a lot of stories, and I'm like, man, that was disappointing. Yeah. And I know people found a lot to be disappointed about the with Endgame, but I just thought they did a great job bringing it all together without being too cheesy. Uh, and they did the right amount of callbacks. They closed so many storylines. And then to close it out with, with Tony Stark and the snap... And you know what I appreciated is when they brought everybody back, they didn't they didn't try to erase the five years without him. Mm-hmm. Like they still brought back. They didn't sm- completely smooth that over. You know that's going to be a big issue I, 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 going forward in the yeah. storyline if you keep watching the TV shows. But uh, and then to have him have the scene close out with the funeral with the original miniature arc reactor floating away on that lake. I love Come that. On. Proof that Tony Stark. And I didn't even know that. I just realized this in the funeral that I was like, "Who's that guy?" My kids are like, "Who's that random guy?" The kid. The kid. And we just realized who it was. We didn't know till pretty recently. The kid who's in Iron Man three. Like, oh, that's good. I think that they they did a lot of little things like that, and it felt like just enough. I agree. And I like that it was Tony and Tony. And also, I like that he isn't talking in the end after he sacrifices. That's it. That really is the last thing he says when he's always talking. Yep. I liked that ending. The most disappointing part for me in that whole thing, and I've even talked to my kids about this, is the way in the last movie, Tony's love for his daughter seems like uh, seems elevated in his own mind uh, above his love for his wife. Mm. Not that he shouldn't love his daughter or any of that, but like he he, he doesn't seem to give Pepper the same significance. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, yeah, I'm just trying, I, thinking. I think that's I think sometimes when he says things like, "I can't lose what I have," yeah. I think some people see that as just his daughter and her survival. But I think he's really talking about his life and the life that he now like his life now married to Pepper and their home together is not what he had before. Right? You know, it's so different. And I mean, I think she's a pretty integral part of it. But um, they they don't seem they they seem distant and a little like in their dialogue with one another and in the scenes leading up to all that, you know, at the mm-hmm. lake house and everything. I don't know. I just, yeah. I had hoped for more because he's so affectionate with his daughter and silly with her and loves her in the way that you would expect a father to love his daughter. Anyway. Yeah. They did a good job with, with him and his daughter for sure. Yeah. I did like whenever he is dying. I hope everyone has seen this. We've said that lots of times. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, but I liked how, you know, Peter Parker runs up to him and is trying to talk to him, which I loved. That whole relationship yeah. I thought was super well done and sweet. Yeah. I love all that. Just the mentorship, which is another thing that I think is really cool that they do. Um, but then Pepper sort of moves him aside, and she's with him at the very end, which I really like that. Yeah. She's like, it's okay. We're going to be fine. And I think that that was that really good moment between them for me. But I think that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about it. Let's just rewrite it. We'll, we'll make it better. <laughs> okay, so if, if there's one thing, if you're talking to, if you're in your class, or you're talking to your congregation or your kids or just yourself, what's the one thing that you think is a good big takeaway from all these Avenger movies? 
What's the big takeaway? I mean, again, you're going to make me pick just one thing, right? So, No, what are um, your five best takeaways? <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, the first thing I thought of when I read, when I when I was thinking about this question was just like movies can be fun, okay? Like they don't all have to be yeah. cinema. I mean that that was actually one of the things I thought was really fu- funny about like like Martin Scorsese, like when somebody asked him about Mar- he was like like he was really like he said Marvel movies aren't cinema. And like Francis Ford Coppola was like, "Yeah, those are terrible. Like those aren't even like they shouldn't even count as movies." Um and I just want to be like, "You know what, guys? Sometimes people just want to have fun mm-hmm. when they go to the movies." They we we doesn't have to be art. It doesn't have to. It, it's a different kind of art. There are all kind. There are so many kinds of art, um, and there can be joy in lots of different things. And and uh, just because something is fun, doesn't make it lesser. So that was the first thing that came to my mind. But that's probably not the the biggest I mean, thing. There for are sure. so many amazing actors in these movies that are a part of it, and they're do they're superheroes. But there's still these amazing actors who are part of this really cool interwoven story i agree i loved them yeah i i like talking to people who get excited about the connectedness of it all and they and they've they've seen everything enough and are familiar enough with all of it to be able to pick up on man how many different directors and how many different writers and how many different actors and producers went into making this whole thing one big story mm-hmm. it, it's cool because you can you can see how like four films before, they drop this Easter egg. They'll call it, you know, and and it makes more sense in a later movie and all this stuff. I it that it to me is brilliant. Mm-hmm. I I love that. But I think the reason I find that so compelling and uh, makes it makes me so excited. It, I get worked up in the same way about the Bible. People in my small group over the years will tell you the same thing. Like, I, the Bible was written over fifteen hundred years by all these different authors, but like. It's all telling one story, and and when you see it, yeah, you're like, wow, yeah, and and it doesn't matter how many times you go through it, you still see more things, and you're like, I there's I cannot believe this whole thing makes sense in this way. Mm-hmm. It's it's beautiful. So yeah. that's kind of a weird Jesus juke from the MCU. No, to it's the Bible, not. But like, I I think that's so cool. That's all, not a all that's... I could think was a nerd is a nerd is a nerd. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like, you know, like the same <laughs> like, kind of personality yeah. like myself that's going to nerd out about yeah. the details of the MCU is probably going to nerd out about the details of the Bible. Yeah. Um, and if you're impressed by the, the connectedness of the MCU and you, you aren't impressed by the connectedness of the Bible, spend more time with the Bible. It, that's so true, away. though. And, like, what's so cool about that is it's, it, it just works really well because it's all these – it's all these different authors with different personalities and, and these all these different stories, but they're all this one story, yeah. which is, you know, it's, it's, it's really essentially it's Iron Man's story from beginning to end, and it's his, it's, his, it's his arc and then his redemption of everything through sacrifice. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. It's not a Jesus juke. It's real. <laughs> <laughs> Can I give like, my real answer now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I just, you know, when I, just thinking about this idea of what kind of feels like it's like something that that is throughout these movies. It's it's all in there, and um, just this idea that like power, if it doesn't have a purpose, is like it's like pointless, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and evil, and and it can become even evil. That that but 
I mean, none of us are superheroes. I don't, I don't know any superheroes that have, you know, actual superhuman well. traits, right? Um, but all of us have gifts. All of us have resources. All of us have abilities. But, but you know, is there a greater purpose to it, right? And so you see this all throughout the. I mean, things like Iron Man's tech or the super serum that turns Captain America. Well, should this be used to make America militarily stronger? That's what people keep wanting to do with it, right? Um, that's what the villains are doing, right? They're trying to subvert this power to a, a purpose that's less than the greatest purpose, right? Um, we, I mean, you know, we're going to use powers to take over the world if we're Ultron or Thanos, you know, or um, even, you know, I think about in Guardians of the Galaxy, they have, they're like, or we could just leave and forget about what's happening to these people. Why Why are we even dealing with this? And they're like, no, we, we have to live here too, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we it matters that that we save the galaxy. It matters that that we use what we've been given for a, a purpose beyond ourselves. And um, I, I just think we have to, even with our less than superhuman human things that we've been given, we... We've got to make sure we're doing that too. What's the greater purpose? What's the greater good? Um, what's beyond ourselves? And and to follow that impulse. Yeah, that's so good. And the, their purpose, they all end up finding, because I think they all think they have a purpose and they realize it's something greater. It's yeah. love and sacrifice and friendship and humility and all those things. Yeah. Okay, so this is going to be our last question because we're almost out of time. Uh, what are you guys looking forward to the most that you've seen that's coming in this new Marvel cinematic universe? Even after this big, awesome storyline, what comes next? Have you seen the trailer for the Kung Fu movie? Oh man, that looks, I don't even remember what it's called. No. It's like like Shang-Chi. Oh yes. Oh my gosh. It's, It's like Kill Bill meets the MCU. Oh, it looks so good. I can't wait to see it. What about you? I I think I'm just looking, so, okay. I'm going to answer this question in a roundabout way. I I read comic books growing up, at least some. I had older brothers. I don't remember ever buying a comic book, but there were comic books around the house. So I read plenty of comic books. And I was probably more of an X-Men fan than anything else, which is probably just because that's what was popular in the late 80s, early 90s when I was reading my brother's comic books. Um, and so when I heard that the first big Marvel movie was going to be Iron Man, I was pretty much like lame because Iron Man was not cool. When I was a kid, like, that was not what people cared about. Like, he was not a cool hero. And I was pretty skeptical they could make it cool. Um, And they did, right? Some of that was casting. I mean, they cast the exact right person. And so then they were able to consistently surprise me, I guess, with characters that maybe I wasn't sure they could do a lot with. And then they did. And that's kind of where I feel like I'm at. And probably a lot of people kind of feel like, you know, are the heroes we've loved are kind of gone we don't get another Mm -hmm. iron man movie we don't get another captain america um that core of heroes that we've been rooting for for several years now um we've kind of got a fresh start in a lot of ways um and i'm kind of excited to see how they're going to surprise me with these guys that maybe i don't know much about their backstory or i i didn't read their comic books much or you know that that there are characters that they're going to bring to life in a way that's going to and it's going to engage us, and it's going to be exciting. Always need more heroes. That's right. Especially with Captain Marvel coming. There, there's always good when there's more Captain Marvel. Thank you guys so much for being here. This was really fun. It was great. I loved it 3,000. <laughs>
<laughs> Thanks for inviting us. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. If you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe to Clear Creek Resources Podcast so you don't miss any of our weekly episodes. And be sure to visit clearcreekresources.org where you can also find sermons, music, articles, and lots more. Again, I'm Rachel. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks.